Let's be frank, the healthcare industry needs help. Medical records have far too many inconsistencies. Patients struggle to find ways to transfer information from one doctor to another. And as the world slowly begins to reopen and focus on health increases, the industry is going to have to lean on modern technology more than ever in order to track and maintain records as it relates to COVID-19. There are several electronic health information systems out there and their operability is pretty poor. So you have to be able to get that information to be able to integrate it and make it accessible to your patients as well as your primary care providers. That's something that we do better than anybody else. Claire Huff is the CTO of Carbon Health, a tech-enabled healthcare provider that is developing data-driven programs in an effort to help modernize the healthcare industry by removing the boundaries of healthcare to create high-quality experiences. On this episode of IT Visionaries, Claire details how Carbon Health has used technology and data to solve a wide array of issues in healthcare, including the delivery care model. Plus, Claire dives into her past experiences scaling startups such as Netscape, and Napster and Udemy. IT Visionaries is created by the team at mission.org and brought to you by Salesforce Platform, the number one cloud platform for digital transformation of every experience. Innovate fast, empower every employee, and scale with confidence from anywhere with a customer at the center of everything you do. Learn more at salesforce.com slash platform. Welcome, everyone, to another episode of IT Visionaries. And today we have a special guest, Claire Huff, the CTO of Carbon Health. Welcome to the show. Thank you. Well, you know, we keep reading about how tech is disrupting the healthcare industry as we know it. So we always want our guests to explain what's unique about their company. What is unique about Carbon Health and how is it approaching healthcare? So Carbon Health is a uh, healthcare technology company, and uh, there are many who call themselves healthcare technology company. Uh, But we're a company with a big mission, and we have actually starting to prove out some of that mission through really offering uh, healthcare through different channels in the past year or past few years, actually. And... um, Carbon Health mission is to provide quality health care for all. And that sounds like, yeah, isn't everybody's yeah. <laughs> mission to provide health, uh, quality health care for all? But it's actually a um, pretty audacious mission. And I don't think I really understood that audacity until I, you know, educated myself more about you know, how uh, healthcare is being provided in the United States today. So there are a lot of biases in healthcare, as well as like accessibility is not even, as we have seen how underserved communities were disproportionately affected during COVID. So that's kind of a, you know, proof that we have not been providing good health care to, uh, you know, underserved, uh, marginalized communities. And when the COVID hit, they were obviously hit very hard. So our mission is to really make sure that we can provide that quality care for all through our technology platform by providing access to health care. So, you know, I went on the Carbon Health website, and this is one of the things I think is always challenging with, you know, it's challenging in MarTech, but it's very challenging, I think, in health tech, healthcare as well, which is exactly where does Carbon Health, the provider in your case, uh, where, do you, where do you sit? 
because one of the things that's cool about your system is I look and I can sing and book an appointment. I can look for in clinic. I can look for a virtual. Yeah. It's asking me if I need urgent care near me. So it makes it look like you're very much connected to different healthcare providers across, let's say, in a given region, right? I have different options. So how does it work? Is it a technology that all of these independent companies uh, or practitioners agree to be a part of? So it's like a network or an ecosystem? Or is it that Carbon Health is actually creating almost like a, I wouldn't call it a franchise model, but like kind of like a My Eye Doctor? Like My Eye Doctor, it's like a chain of optometry. You know what I mean? It rolls up to like the yeah. top. But yeah. trying to understand a little bit about how Carbon Health exactly, how its footprint looks. Yeah. Uh, I mean, we're in the process of opening our own clinics Wow! because initially I think we looked at providing just technology platform to other clinics, but, you know, just doing the technology platform just wasn't enough to really provide that end-to-end healthcare and really having our own clinicians to really care about the patients that we serve. So uh, we're uh, up to about 35 clinics at this point. And we're really expanding to multiple states. And our goal by the end of this year is to open 150 clinics. So our expansion plan is pretty big. And uh, by 2025, uh, we hope to have about 1,500 clinics across many states. And one of the things that we le- we've learned with different health care provider guests on IT Visionaries over the last you know, few seasons of the show is that... One of the big barriers to getting quality healthcare is actually just simply information transfer. As in, the healthcare provider of one gives you, finds out something about patient one, but then you need, let's say, healthcare provider two. But then now all of a sudden that information transfer is not easy, or it's, you have to book it, or there's not someone they recommend. It's constantly like roadblocking. It's basically information. And then the burden of the responsibility actually falls upon the patient, the person who needs the most help, or might, like you said, if you're like in a marginally underserved yeah. community, yeah. now you add an extra layer of bureaucracy on the person to better find an outcome. I'm curious to what, you, what you've witnessed in terms of how, you know, your role as a technology provider, because one of the things that we've understood from the different guests that have been on this show in this domain is that that's one of the biggest barriers is every, every healthcare provider, they're on a different system, they have different policies, procedures. They themselves possibly don't know how to integrate technology. So like if you were to call a doctor's office, like my doctor's office, they might be like, I don't know how to do that. Like (laughs) like even if you wanted to plug in, it's like, I don't know how to plug in. How do I do this? You know, yeah, definitely as a patient, there's like disparate information across all your providers, right? Because when you go to a specialist, they don't necessarily send your information back to your primary care doctor, right? So Yes, there are several like, you know, electronic health information systems out there. Their interoperability is pretty poor. So you have to be able to get that information. Uh, You have to be able to integrate it and make it accessible to your patients, as well as your primary care providers. And that's something that we do better than anybody else. So we, we have a whole interoperability team that will get that information and integrate it in. And we have our healthcare app that our patients have access to. So our patients actually have same level of access as their primary care physician and all the information, uh, any of the information that if they consent us to actually get, we will have it in our system. So it's a pretty extensive 
patient information that we consolidate on our platform. So talk about, you know, your role in the, in that integration side of things, because, you know, you've come from, you have an interesting background. Uh, you've come from, from startups to like running, you know, Udemy, which is obviously a huge company. <laughs> yeah. Talk about what you've discovered in the healthcare space, because one of some of the, sometimes our previous guests have had all shared interesting experiences, but I'd love to hear your experience from like, you know, you obviously came from all these big companies and then you come to Carbon Health. What, did you, what was the first thing that surprised you about the healthcare industry? Well, I think the healthcare industry needs a lot of help. <laughs> <laughs> Not what people want to hear, right? but yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, I, I think the healthcare industry is very disparate and everybody sort of has their own system, right? And uh, unless you get your healthcare from like one provider, then the information that gets passed back and forth is not always uh, accurate or extensive. And um, I think in terms of just patients being able to get the level of healthcare that they need and understanding of their personal uh, needs for their healthcare across all different aspects of your health is not, um, that's not always available to them. So I, you know, I think the systems are a problem, but also like getting access to right set of providers and getting that level of quality care uh, is very disparate. So a lot of times I think, you know, you, you hear a lot about, you have to advocate yourself. You have to ask all this information you to get the, get the healthcare that you need. So it's um, the accessibility to quality healthcare dependent on the individuals, right? They have to ask to be referred to the specialist. And uh, in terms of like what medication you're taking has to be accurate. So, you know, you have to make sure that each doctor has that information and um, that you also have the good information about interaction between drugs. And you have to ask all these questions to make sure that you know, some some things get dropped, and like you end up getting not such a great healthcare that you you deserve. So when you first you know stepped in, uh, you know it looks like you've been there for a short period of time, but I'm sure you've learned oh, you know years of knowledge <laughs> gained in a short period of time. What's one of the first things that you decided that hey, we at Carbon Health we have to tackle this? What was one of the first problems you wanted to address? <laughs> I don't think I had any choice on that. I joined in the <laughs> beginning. <laughs> yeah, I like that. Uh, I joined in the beginning of January and we're in the middle of pandemic, right? right? So in terms of like, how do we provide care for our patients? Pandemic is the first thing that we have to deal with because we want to keep them healthy. We don't want them getting COVID. And if they do get COVID, we want to make sure that they get tested early and they get the COVID care that they need. And then this vaccination at first started, but it wasn't evenly getting distributed or you know, even just the scale of operation you have to run to make sure everybody who needs the vaccine uh, gets their vaccine was difficult, right? So in December, we got uh, city of LA reached out, out to us saying, please help us get the vaccines out to our people. So then we jumped in to provide that vaccination platform and also our staff. So we're powering Dodger Stadium and seven other sites in LA. Wow. Maybe it's six other sites, but they're expanding to more. So we're uh, we're doing anywhere from 
depending on the supply, anywhere from 15,000 to 25,000 vaccine administration per day, which is about to go up as we just opened up for 50 plus. And then by April 15th, California is going to open up for everyone to be able to get vaccine. Right. So providing that appointment, like uh, making sure all the logistics and also providing that care or vaccine administration is available to everybody. It's been a huge challenge for us because that's we're doing it at scale. Right. Let's talk a little bit about that. Like what what do you think made the city of L.A. choose Carbon Health over, you know, some of the other private hospitals? Or, yeah, it was it because you guys already had um, a booking and management platform? kind of walk back to that decision process you think from their side because you know one of the things we always think about with um what we commonly see when it comes to healthcare is that people kind of want to rely on what they've always known feel safety in that wow. um yeah. you know so it's like if i've if i've used a hospital system so like i i i'm not sure what the hospital system is in los angeles but i'll name there's two major medical systems here in in north carolina or i guess three like unc healthcare duke healthcare and wake bed. So, you know, three major hospitals and they have multi They're all like multi-location. I, I call it like the McDonald's of hospitals, right? Like every hospital is either one of those three. So most people would say, oh, one of those three would be selected to give the administration. So it sounds interesting that they would go like, oh, let's get a relatively unknown in, in the scope of things, probably Carbon Health not as well known. You know, how did they come about the decision? Like, no, this is the group to run it. And this is the reason why. I believe they chose us because we already have presence in LA with our clinics, but we've also uh, really responded to COVID testing in the past year. So uh, if you look at our site, you could actually find any COVID testing site from our website. So we stepped up to actually provide that information to everybody in the United States. Like you could find COVID testing sites near you. Mm. And some of them are uh, operations that we run. And uh, we run a travel clearance for people who wanna travel, as well as uh, we run COVID testing for companies who have to open and operate. For example, like we have few customers in Hollywood who wanna continue their production. So it could be that uh, City of LA knew of us because that we are a company that has scaled to respond to COVID. So we didn't, we had, we had a testing platform, but we actually did not have actual vaccine administration platform. Okay. So we had to do like really quick engineering to get it ready to serve uh, city of LA. Got it. And you know, you've played a big role in this carbon health played a big role. I guess, what was the original vision of Carbon Health? Was it always to own its own facilities as well? Or was it originally just a way to build the technology so that, you know, people could find a unit, easier to find like unified universal truth healthcare? I think initially we, uh, we set out to build that technology platform and we felt like we want to run our own, own clinics, but we could also provide that technology platform to other providers mm -hmm. so that people would adopt our technology platform rather than having, you know, having to uh, build their own. And we, have, we still have that concept, but what we have found was that uh, we need to run our own clinics to really have that quality control end-to-end -end in terms of providing uh, that care to our patients. Uh, so we became more aggressive at opening clinics, uh, I think, in the past year. 
So what's been, I guess, the, one of the bigger challenge? You know, you you had mentioned before you came in that the major priority was helping in time of pandemic. You're the CTO of the company. Where were where was your assistance like most needed? Was it developing new application systems, like you mentioned before, to handle the booking for the vaccinations? Was it to integrate more technology, maybe to inventories of vaccine? Was there some type of other record systems that you guys had to develop? You know, because you, you you paint this interesting picture because you're stepping in, like you said, in the middle of a pandemic on the cusp of a solution. Not quite this. It's not solved, but like it's potentially we got a solution out here. And they're like, hey, Claire, I need you to do this. Yeah. <laughs> so I call it dancing on stage while the show is on <laughs> and you're learning to uh, learn the new moves <laughs> yeah. uh, for the show. So like. All the things that you mentioned, <laughs> we're doing all of that, right? <laughs> but the priority became that making sure that we could vaccinate, you know, a lot of people in LA. So like you said, like uh, we had to scale our scheduling, scheduling part of our application. You know, we did have a, what we call the uh, healthcare provider app where we could track all the patients who are coming in and signing up and uh, getting an appointment for vaccination and making sure that those patients, when they come to get vaccinated, we have the right, you know, history of their health information. And, you know, we check for that as well as we administer them safely, as well as schedule them again for the second vaccine appointment. So all those things have to get handled. So we did a lot of work around scheduling, right? A lot of work around uh, scheduling their second appointment, a lot of work around canceling and rescheduling them when the supply dried out. So all those things were part of our vaccination platform. Uh, but, you know, we, we still have our primary care clinics and those clinics were, you know, we're at the same time opening new clinics and uh, we have clinics that we acquire. They have their own EHR system that we had to integrate. So we had to do a bunch of interoperability work at the same time. And then we also had to work on billing because we are vaccinating and making sure all that billing operation is working as well as our primary clinic billing operation is working. So, you know, the work is everywhere. <laughs> so a lot of scaling of our application, making sure that we could continue to provide vaccination and schedule vaccination as uh, numbers are increasing, as well as supporting our primary care, virtual care, our enterprise customers. So we have to juggle a lot. And at the same time, we're growing our engineering team. Uh, we have hired 20 engineers since January. And we had 20 engineers to begin with, and then I have added 20. So we're also hiring a lot. So when you're a startup with audacious dreams, like we wanna provide healthcare for all, you got to be looking at multiple aspects of how like our application and how can we just keep up. So, you know, you made a mention of like the complexity on, I would call it backend complexity, right? All these different systems, disparate systems, you have to have interoperability between all of them. You mentioned you're acquiring new EHRs as well as different billing systems. Of course, every insurance provider, I'm sure, wants their information in a different way. So you have to <laughs> deliver. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Every time you acquire a clinic, you probably find out about a new provider you never heard of. I don't know. <laughs> I'm, get, I'm just guessing here. Yeah. Well, it's not just technology group, right? We're scaling everywhere. 
So when I joined the company, we had just crossed 1,000 employees at Carbon Clinic. We're up to 1,600 (laughs) because we have to staff all these vaccination sites with our staff, right? So, you know, hiring our our talent team's been very busy, right? They're hiring everywhere. And, um, you know, we have to scale the company to be able to serve. So this is not a question of, you know, can we slow down or anything? No, you got to do it. You got to have each site that we're opening staffed yeah. when they say we're opening next Monday. Yeah. And this is and this is something that's very different, let's say, from if you join a startup that's building an application and you're building a feature set that no one's expecting, therefore no one's waiting on. You're clearly building technology that people are desperately waiting on, right? So there's a little bit of a different time constraint for you. What are some of the methods that you're, you've been using to help prioritize and keep track of? I don't know what you call these. Do you call them projects? Do you call them cycles? Like, I'm curious what you call all these individual things and how are you tracking this? Because it seems to me that, you know, specifically you are at a high velocity. You're putting out a lot of product, technology upgrades. So I'm curious in regards to your own management tools and what toolkits you're relying on to keep this in, on track. Because you, like you mentioned, this isn't one of those things like, well, maybe we can develop a solution with where time is not an issue. Time is the issue here, right? <laughs> like time's a major yeah. issue for, for you guys. Sure. You know, normally we would do, uh, you know, we do it, we use agile development practice. So that means you plan every week or every couple of weeks and you have a set of priority list and you execute on that. So people who own that each pod, so each project are people from our uh, product team. So our product management team as well as engineers and our designers and data scientists, right? So that makes up what we call pods. And each pod actually works a little differently right now. The vaccine pod, I would say, is almost on a daily prioritization based on new requirements that are coming in or new information that are coming in from the government or from uh, CDC, like in terms of how do you make the whole vaccination operation safe? What are the information that we need to ask for? All those things change constantly. So we prioritize We prioritize almost every day. Uh, we have a stand up every morning and then uh, we make sure what we need to get done right away versus like what uh, city of LA or San Mateo needs by Monday or you know when they open up for everyone or when they open up for 50 plus. Like, what do you need to change? So it's very dynamic for the vaccine platform. We're we're calling it public health platform. But our primary care team or, you know, other uh, enterprise team, it has a little more more leeway to plan uh, weekly or every other week. So how does this compare to like your previous experiences uh, in regards to the velocity of what would you call it? Product features? I don't know what you're calling. Like, (laughs) what do you consider like the velocity of shipping? Yeah. uh, (laughs) Sure. And you to me, the mission was to make education accessible to all. Mm -hmm. Right. So, you know, we, we looked at pricing, like how can we make our courses more accessible? How can we have more coverage of our courses? So, you know, getting more instructors, giving them more guidance on what, what students are looking for. All those were like features as well as helping our students discover the right course or helping them progress through their courses in a way that they learn continuously. 
So, but those are not like mission critical, like vaccination, right? So we had a pretty regular every two week cycle planning. We had assigned team there and they're able to look at like three months roadmap, six months roadmap, and then what they need to do for that sprint. But that's not the case here. (laughs) We are, uh, we are racing uh, with our mission of getting as many people vaccinated as possible and just responding to the needs of the uh, city of LA, city of San Mateo, as well as uh, new information that's coming out from the government or CDC. And on top of that, we saw that you guys have also taken a bold step as part of uh, launching Health Pass. So which sounds like a new product, a HIPAA compliant digital vaccine card. Mm-hmm. I see this coming up more and more. Uh, different countries are talking about, I think, so I'm a surfer. I mean, that's just what I do. I already saw that El Salvador, if you cannot prove you have been vaccinated, they won't let you into the country. There are going to be more countries that are doing this. And so it sounds like you guys, Carbon Health is producing a product. Like I said, Health Pass. Talk a little bit about Health Pass. What was the ethos behind this? Was it government-based or did you already forecast that this was going to happen? And then how do you envision it playing a role in this proof of vaccination? Because we, I mean, it's coming, right? It's, I mean, it's not even coming, it's here. There are already countries that have come forward and said, you can't come into our country unless you can prove you've been vaccinated. And are they gonna accept health pass? I don't even know. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> well, um, so I think, well, we foresaw this is coming, right? right. That people are, I mean, already like some airlines uh, want you to have a travel, uh, travel clearance for like getting tested. So we saw it coming. We developed the technology. Like when we vaccinate people in LA, we actually sync with the state database, at least in California. Actually, all states supposed to have this uh, database of everyone who's vaccinated, right? But again, this is a data problem. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So some states have more coverage than other states. And like, if you look at who's vaccinating and where the record resides, it's all over the map, right? So some states might have smaller percentage than others. And California is supposed to have all vaccination records, but uh, there was, they also had some problems with some data. So whether, you know, is this 95% accurate, 99% accurate, that's all questionable, but at least we have connection uh, so that we could actually check to see wh- whether your vaccination record is there. Uh, so we started out with California first, and we're in the process of looking at all states' uh, vaccination records. But we have to assume that it's probably not complete information. Mm-hmm. So then um, we have to look at what is the use case. If it's like you cannot come into this country unless you have a vaccine records that you could prove to us, then in what way do they want to prove that? So we could provide uh, API that everyone can hit and get the uh, vaccination records, but it, it's also personal health information that we have to be really careful. So we're thinking it'll require like two-factor authentication, mean authorization, mm-hmm. meaning like you as a, uh, somebody who may be running a surfer shop, <laughs> yeah. you want to you wanna host a trip on a boat of, you know, to take them somewhere to surf remote place to serve, but you want everyone to be vaccinated. Yeah. And, um, but if they don't have the vaccination record, you're not going to let them go. And you integrate it with our app, 
but you know we cannot guarantee it's a 99% coverage. So you have to have some sort of fail mechanism. So yeah. if the person gives you our health pass, you could ping us, and then we're going to ping the person and say, okay, this person wants your vaccination record. Should we give it to them? And they say, okay, yeah, they can have it. Oh, okay. That's pretty cool. So then we'll we'll send the record back to you, right? We'll send the record back to you and say, yes, this person is vaccinated, both vaccines, it's good to go. But in some cases, you know, I mean, also that person has to allow us to give their vaccination information to people like you. So they'd have to come and register with us and say, okay, Carbon Health, I'm vaccinated. Please keep my record and give it to people who need it. Uh, because I need their permission to be able to store and be able to process their information. But I say, okay, I go to um, North Carolina and uh, I ping their state database. I cannot find that person's record. And I say, mm, I'm so sorry, I cannot find your record because I don't know whether there's a mismatch of name or birth record or whatever. So no matter, like, maybe we could try multiple times, but we still cannot resolve it. And uh, it may be that they have to send us their physical vaccination card to us, right? And mm -hmm. uh, we would have to process it. We'll have to have an OCR that reads it and put it in. So you, you could kind of see how complex it is to really be the health pass for the whole country. Yeah. But we're going to try because we have tried many things because we're a company that really want to provide that sort of accessibility and service to everyone. You're still living that that startup tip, right? Do unscalable things because <laughs> in order to scale, you know, you hit on an interesting point, which I think many people just don't recognize, which is just how fragmented our, how our healthcare system is. You kind of mentioned that point of like, does the state even have a complete record? Do they have transparency, right? And when you're talking about how does the data get into the system? Well, it's through manual entry, which means there's errors, 100%. There's errors, yeah. right? And like, no one has a foolproof way yet of making sure all records are, you know, stored and updated and accurate. Sure. What do you think it would take? And this is not related to, <laughs> <laughs> this is not related to carbon, <laughs> but like if you were president, what would it need, what would need to happen in order for the United States to have like clear record keeping across state lines? Yeah, you have to, well, yeah, actually there is a uh, interface from state database to be able to get that record, right? Uh, that may, that, that API may vary, but uh, there is a company that's kind of integrating that data, but it's really the quality of data, like you said. Mm -hmm. At the point of vaccination, it has to be entered in manually, right? And, you know, you, you hope that that's accurate process, but it could also, you know, people can make mistakes and maybe vaccination record goes to some other patient or whatnot. And then once they actually enter it into where whatever their system of record, then um, you actually hit the state API to upload your information, which is what we do, right? We send that vaccination information to our state. So the mistake could, could be made at any one of those points when in a point of entry in terms of data entry, the point of sending the right data to the state. And then when state gets pinged, you know, the you have to use whatever is published in terms of the state, uh, state's record. And some states actually won't allow you to access their data unless you have an operation in that state as a healthcare provider. So we, don't, we currently do not have operations in every state. So we're individually pinging state uh, record systems 
and asking whether we can get access, right? So that's hard, but you know, some, some uh, providers don't even upload their data to the state database. So um, I think people like Clear, which is a, a airport clearing system that people sign up for, yeah. they actually have to ping CVS, Walmart, Walgreens, all those pharmacies to get as many records as they could. Yeah. It just, it sounds, I, I, I always think about this stuff, right? It sounds like such a simple thing to do. Like, oh, you need a vaccination record to travel. And it's like, oh, that shouldn't be a problem. But then you realize, oh gosh, this is not, <laughs> what's the source of truth? It's all, you know what I mean? Like you said, the data is just so fragmented. Curiously for, before you joined Carbon, did you, was this a problem you wanted to solve? Or is this something that you learned about in the, let's say the recruiting process to join Carbon? We're like, oh, this is something I really could lend my hand to. Or did you kind of have your eyes on healthcare in carbon before you even came over? No, I actually knew very little about healthcare systems. So kind of had to learn on the job as I came on board. And in terms of our growth plans and how, you know, like we're a company with big dreams and big ideas uh, while really paying attention to individual patient care. I think, you know, having that value of like, that's our mission and that's our value and that's, our culture is something, you know, you, you don't know until you join the company, right? And a lot of that comes from our CEO. You know, Aaron and I worked together at Udemy before I joined Carbon. So at least I had that relationship in terms of understanding Aaron with his audacious dreams as he had for Udemy. But Carbon Health mission is much, much greater and more challenging and difficult. So I didn't get the depth of that heaviness <laughs> until I learned more. It's a heavy mission. That is awesome. Yeah. It's a, you know, just to go back to like, can the government do something? Yes, they can. But I think in this case, the federal government already sort of declared that they wouldn't get into building a national vaccine database. They were sort of leaving it up to the states. Well, it's, it's political, right? And I think it's really the each businesses, uh, each business have to decide how they want to use that vaccine record, or each country has to decide how they want to use vaccination record. No, that's beyond fascinating. Now, what it's time for now, Claire, is the lightning round. The lightning round is brought to us by the Salesforce platform, the number one cloud platform for digital transformation of every experience. Claire, this is where we ask you questions not related to work so that our audience can get to know you more. And you kind of shared your vision for like how you're helping the world. Now people want to know like what you like to eat. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Are you ready? Yeah, I think so. All right. So we will start real simply. We know you have a dog. What kind of dog do you have? I have a French bulldog. People call that Lady Gaga's dog. <laughs> <laughs> I'm walking down the street and people go, is that Lady Gaga's dog breed? <laughs> <laughs> Dang, I didn't realize this dog is so popular. So it actually looks like Lady Gaga's bulldog, uh, French bulldog? They look alike. Yeah, they have a little flat face and kind of, yeah, cute body. <laughs> now, were you a dog person before you got this one? God, I didn't realize how much of a dog person I was until I got this one. <laughs> I love dogs. Like I stop on the street and like pet dogs, ask about dogs. And that's kind of tough to do during COVID. Uh, but my husband thinks that I know every dog in Palo Alto because I go to dog parks. <laughs> Listen, we saw that in your LinkedIn. I thought that was a pretty fascinating nugget. But Claire knows every dog in Palo Alto. And that's actually not true. <laughs> Now, you've mentioned 
Lady Gaga and your affinity. So you have some level possibly of music. But then we looked up your history of work and we saw that you used to work at Napster. So are you a big music fan? Yeah, I, you know, I don't I love music as much as anybody I listen. I wouldn't say like I'm a I listen to a lot of music. Uh, I love, you know, somebody said there should be no more genres, but I love lots of different kinds of music. But I wouldn't say like I am uh, like, you know, in the scale of one to 10, I'm like on a 10 crazy about listening to everything. <laughs> I like to listen to different, I like to be introduced to different music. There you go. One of the things that, you know, we just talked about momentarily was that the vaccine records are going to be needed. The pass is going to be needed potentially to travel. Are you a traveler? I love to travel. I wish I could do more, uh, but yes. Where will you go first when restrictions are lifted? Ooh, I like to do the Pilgrim Trail in Spain. The Pilgrim Trail in Spain. What is that? Oh, uh, it's the like walk that a lot of people do. And there's like actually multiple ways to do the do it. Like uh, there's a like a three week trail or there is like a one week trail. And um, I don't know, have you heard of Camino de Santiago? I have not. It's called the Way of, yeah, Way of St. James. It originates from medieval times. And uh, yeah, people do that trail, like it's a big, it's a long hike. Well, yeah, if you're taking a couple of weeks, that sounds pretty intense. I'm looking at pictures, I just Googled it. I'm looking at pictures of it now. I mean, it seems pretty darn intense. I think if you do the longest one, I think you you have to allocate like a month. So are you going for it? Are you going to go do it for a month? Oh no, I couldn't do it for a month, but I might do the. I might start out with the one week one. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds awesome. Well, Claire, I want to say thank you for joining us today on IT Visionaries. Thanks for sharing your and Carbon Health's mission for bringing healthcare to just about everybody. And thank you for also sharing a little bit about your love of dogs, your mild affinity to music, and your desire to hit the Pilgrim Trail of Spain. Thank you. IT Visionaries is created by the team at mission.org and brought to you by the Salesforce platform, the number one cloud platform for digital transformation of every experience. Build connected experiences, empower every employee, and deliver continuous innovation with the customer at the center of everything you do. Learn more at salesforce.com slash platform.